Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm Mike. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. <laughs> Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Welcome back to part two of our breakdown of Terminator. We are joined again by my brother-in-law, Kevin Egan. Welcome, What's up, Kevin. Kevin? Yeah, <laughs> excited to talk about more Cyberdyne dick. <laughs> and Terminator he's actually dicks. joining us all the way from Philadelphia. I forgot to mention it the last time. So yeah. we're grateful for him for being here. So welcome to Kevin. Yeah, welcome to everyone that's listening on our on our OG uh, Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger feed. Or if you're listening to us on the last of the Action Heroes podcast network, uh, welcome. I know we're a little late getting to one of Arnold's biggest and best movies, but um, but we're here now. No, <laughs> we're but that's talking the way about it should, Terminator. I mean, but that's the way it should be, right? You can't give him the whole Arnold experience off top, right? You got to like, gent, you know, ease him into it. That's right. And if you're listening to us on the podcast network, uh, find our Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger feed and check it out because we got a lot of old back catalog episodes there that we are trying to get on the podcast network but haven't fully gotten them uploaded yet. But yeah, the first movie that Mike and I ever did was Predator. Mm -hmm. uh, if this isn't, if like Terminator 1 and 2 isn't my favorite Arnold movie, then Predator is. Um, I feel like those are like his most sort of well-made, iconic Yeah movies i feel like predator was arnold at his most schwarzenegger yeah like puffing the cigar yeah <laughs> you know cheating he on had his control. wife he had more control over his content <laughs> so he could probably dictate so uh, kevin did you grow up watching like all these same action movies or what uh what were you into like when you were yeah i mean i feel like all everything you've been referencing like loved uh like we were talking before loved the alien franchise alien and aliens i was huge into um love Pre predator were you fucking with uh stallone stuff yeah, oh i mean like cobra yes tango yeah. and cat tango I really and love cobra you know, i don't think i've ever seen <laughs> cobra at like from start to end i don't you've never ever, seen it not from start to end i've seen bits and pieces it's a batshit weird Isn't like that, is billy d williams in that also no, oh, is that no, that's Night, that's that's Night, Night Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Night Hawks is another crazy. Oh no, see, I Stallone think I've flick. seen Cobra the supermarket scene. I think yeah, I've seen, yeah, okay. That opens with the supermarket scene, and then he's like fighting against whatever the Night Slasher. Or gotcha, something. gotcha. He's got like a weird cult of like an army of killers. Um, yeah, that's right. And they surround him like in a with like a, they're like a bike gang, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a crazy flick. Didn't, it's got Brigitte yeah. Nielsen in it, uh, Mrs. Mm. Stallone. Didn't he make? Cobra because they offered him Beverly Hills Cop and he wanted to make it grittier 
And, yes. they, and they were like, no. So he made Cobra. <laughs> they tried to give him Beverly Hills Cop. And he was like, I love it, but I want to rewrite the movie. And I want to make it not not a comedy at all. And I want my character to be named Cobretti. And everyone calls him <laughs> Cobra. And they were like, thanks, but no thanks. Seriously, uh, all, all our Italian listeners out there, do you know anybody named Cobretti? That almost sounds like an <laughs> like if I had written a script and written that name, they would be throwing me out of Hollywood for being racist. Yeah. It's like but if we, Stallone does it, it's okay. Well, we talk about the we talked about the movie Commando, and and in the movie Schwarzenegger's name is John Matrix, and it's like no one's ever been named Matrix. Before. <laughs> not, like that's not insane. in the history of man. Nah, <laughs> never. I guarantee once. that after that movie, somebody named their kid. Oh John yeah, Matrix. So John I'm sure. Matrix. I'm probably yeah. sure. All right, let's get into. But yeah, this. let's get to the movie. Sure. Oh wait, I'll recap a little bit of what happened on the last episode. So basically. You got uh, the Terminator and Kyle Reese have like materialized in 1984 Los Angeles. They're both looking for Sarah Connor. We don't really know why yet or what's going on. Uh, Sarah Connor's like just a waitress and is none the wiser to what's going on, but it has some type of bearing about like what's going to happen in the future. Like the, the fate of the future war between yeah. man and machine is going to be settled here in this, 1984. Yeah, this is kind of this is early in the movie. She doesn't she has no clue uh to what's waiting her fate in the future. Yeah. All right. So we start off uh Kyle Reese is uh kind of he's sitting in a car in like a construction zone or something like that. Right. And I uh, um there's like all these machines in the back like these large uh excavators and everything. Was it like reminiscent of the world he comes from? Sure, yeah. To you, like just these big machines? Yeah, I think like, that was the whole point of that scene is that uh, kind of he he starts to dream about where he just came from. And there's all these hunter killers and all these giant machines. So we see Reese and another soldier. They're trying to sabotage one of these giant tanks. Reese's partner is spotted immediately. And she's as soon as she throws her bomb, she's annihilated, like not killed, but annihilated, like she's blown apart. Which I yeah. also thought was interesting that it was a female because they were trying to say that in the future, all everybody's fighting, right? Like it's not just men, it's everybody, right? Exactly. It's like every yeah, it's all hands on deck. I also thought that woman was like distractingly attractive, <laughs> like the soldier. Like she, you know, it's always weird in movies like that. I think where some extra in the background is like ridiculously hot that it sort of distract you from the action but i thought the woman was just gorgeous i honestly because i she had on like a helmet and the helmet looked like it was too big for her because it kept like falling over <laughs> or falling over her head face or something uh -huh. like that but I, I i couldn't gather how she how much how she looked so she looked good Mike. i'll take I'm, your word I'm for here it. to tell you <laughs> <laughs> um so uh the tank explodes wait uh, i read where it took like 26 takes with the little model department a throwing a little tiny grenade to get it to land just right in front of the model tank. Really? Like to where it rolled, you know, she threw it and yeah, the model tank, like it landed right in front of the tracks or whatever. And it rolled over it. But yeah, that was the 26th take of them throwing the little miniature grenade in front of the miniature tank. The tank explodes and it kind of funny, like the tank, ex like it's a big explosion, right? Which I thought was kind of weird. Cause it's not a, like a, it's not a hand grenade. But it's not like this big giant bomb either, right? So the entire thing blows up. It's uh, like a, it's like the Star Wars shit, though. It's like the thermonuclear, you know what I yeah, mean? It's like yeah. you've got a thermal detonator or sure. whatever. Or, it's like or um, what was the movie where they kill the bugs 
where they have nuclear weapons on the end of their machine guns and stuff. I don't even know. Not Starship aliens? Troopers. Starship, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> so you're talking about like tremors or something. Yeah. So the, the tank explodes. Uh, Reese runs away and he jumps into a car, like a getaway car to get away, which I, I thought was interesting. Why did he jump in the driver's seat and the guy... Jump in the, <laughs> the machine gun turret. Why didn't he just jump into the machine gun Max, Yeah, it was like a weird, like they just wasted a little bit of time. Yeah, like just get on the machine gun. But anyway, um, Reese jumps into the car. They start drying away and they're chased by this flying gunship. Wait, we talked a little bit in the last episode about Cameron's like future. And I think that in his version of the future, like these flying sort of crafts always look the same. Like I think... These flying things in Terminator look the same as the flying ships in, in Aliens, mm-hmm. and they look the same as the flying ships in Avatar. Yeah, it would have been cool if they had related this world to Aliens, right? That would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, I they, they, yeah, they never did the Alien-Terminator crossover. It was always Alien and Predator mm-hmm. crossover. I mean, maybe that's Avatar 3. You know, maybe it's just like <laughs> uh, all building Oh, shit, the crescendo. Terminators are going to show up? It's just That'd like all badass. the same universe. The Terminator <laughs> showing up in Avatar 3 would break like me, first off, like I would die. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about like box office bonanza. It would be incredible. Reese. Uh, he's a shitty driver. Is, is he a shitty driver? Or he, is just he just flipped that literally car. Literally trying to get away from a gunship trying to kill him. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe. He just flipped that car quick though. <laughs> yeah. So he flips the car and I, I thought this was interesting. Uh, he Show him trapped in this car and he's trying to escape while all these flames start trying to engulf him. And I was wondering, is that how he got some of his battle scars? And I think that's like, um, this is the first time that they show him in like a future battle and he's like trapped and he's trying to get away, but they show it again. And I was like, I'm surprised that he even survived the future, much less got to the the past to to do the job that he has to do. Um, For sure. It's like a dangerous world. Yeah, very. Yeah. I, I love that they show that. Like there's not a minute that you're not in mortal danger. That would be uh, a great tagline for this movie, though. He had to survive the future to get to his past. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Then they tried to do that movie, right? Like the the all-future set uh, Terminator sequel. Which Terminator one was that? Salvation or some shit. Yeah. The, one with, um, the one with Christian Bale that wasn't great. But, but yeah, like the future world is also intriguing, and we just see little snippets of it. Now, not that I, I love Terminator, right? And I, and I definitely love Terminator 2, two of my favorite movies of all time. But I think after... Terminator Three, when he put on those glasses, I, was, I think I was, I think I was done after that. The third one was dog shit. Now, did you watch the most recent one? I haven't watched. I don't like. I said after the third one, I don't think I've watched anything since since then. So, and I didn't even watch the Christian Bale one, and I like Christian Bale. Yeah, right. The first and second ones were the ones that Cameron was involved in, and then he wasn't involved in any of the ones after that until this most recent one that had Linda Hamilton back in it. Sure. And I think they did that thing where they tried to go back and say, like, one, two, and this one are the only ones that are, like, official. Sure. That's that's you know? canon. Everything else that's not canon. canon. Right, yeah, exactly. And, but don't they even the kill? The newer one was okay. It wasn't great, but it also wasn't bad. But don't they kill John Connor in the in the latest one with, yes. with Hamilton? They show, like, a younged up, like, Eddie Furlong getting mowed down by... Schwarzenegger, like they caught up with him in Mexico or some shit. Sure, yeah, I still don't understand how they keep changing the future. Like, I, I I know time travel movies are always tricky at best, but I think Back to the Future did a great job, right? Um, yeah. So stick with that. Like, just keep it simple, right? Don't try to 
make 16 time travel movies like where it's all these different megaverses out there. I, 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 after the point, you can't follow anything. Like the plot on this one, I feel like is airtight. And on the, on the this second one, one is pretty tight also. I mean, but then after the that, it one. just is like too much. Yeah, you can't keep going back. Like I think I think I saw somewhere they were like, well, why don't they just send them back to like when Sarah was like a little kid? Or not even that. Like send her back to Sarah's like great great grandparents when they wouldn't definitely wouldn't have had weapons to uh, stop the Terminator and See, kill they, that, kill her back then. Kill they explain like the it a little bit, right? Because they say like that all the records were lost in the war, so all they knew about Sarah was that she lived in Los Angeles. So they couldn't have in 1984. They couldn't and have found that Sure. So they wouldn't maybe have known anything before night, like anything but where she was in 1984. Sure, and that's I what guess. they call great screenwriting people. <laughs> yeah. No, James Cameron is a fucking genius. Uh -huh. when it Although comes what he could have shit. done was send the Terminator back to find out who Sarah Connors was and then oh, just have him hang out one? for another couple generations and then sure. tell the future <laughs> Terminator to go back even further. We're completely rewriting this whole yes. <laughs> Oh, well, first of all, we got to get out of the construction site, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> so um, Kyle Reese wakes up in this construction site and he just drives off into the night, right? But I thought it was really cool that they have all these giant machines that, mem that mirror the machines in the future. So uh, meanwhile... Oh, wait. Kyle drives off no fucking headlights. The beginning of like a tradition for Kyle Reese. This dude never puts his headlights on. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Uh, meanwhile, Sarah and her roommate, Ginger, played by Bess Mata. And I, I got something to say about Bess Mata here in a second. <laughs> Kevin Egan, do you know Bess Mata by any chance? Mm -mm. Okay. So um, <laughs> they are both getting ready for a date in like this cramped bedroom. And I think Bess or Ginger has all like some headphones and everything. And, and Sarah was wearing a Jetsons t-shirt. I was going to say that same thing. That, that had to be on purpose, right? That she was wearing like this futuristic t-shirt. Exactly. Yeah. No uh, accidents yeah. for sure. So but tell us was, about Best Mata though. Sure. So <laughs> again, I'm a little, I'm an elder statesman on this show. So back in the day, there was this show called the 20 minute workout. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it before, but Best Mata was like this aerobics teacher on there. But this was like a real aerobics video. It was it was Jane Fonda real aerobics video, right? It wasn't like a series. It no, was no. like well, it was a series, but it was like real aerobics, right? But it was probably one of the most sexualized. I think it came on Showtime. Oh shit! At like like <laughs> night. She wasn't topless. Though. Yeah, she wasn't topless. <laughs> but they would put like these aerobics teachers in like the middle of this room, and they would put like this spinning camera around them, and so these. Aerobics teachers would be doing all these moves and they would be bending over and just doing splits. And let's just say it was a 12 year old's best dream ever. Right. <laughs> so I won't get into any further detail, but if you have a moment, go look up 20 minute workout. It Ginger, was best motto. Ginger was a sex kitten for real. She was, like, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm a little <laughs> right now. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, as Ginger jams out to this loud music on her headphone, uh, Sarah answers the phone. Then it's it turns out to be Rick Rosovic, which is uh, Ginger's boyfriend. Uh, he's kind of being really seductive <laughs> on the phone. He's saying, um, uh, for, first, I'm going to rip off your buttons, off your blouse, one by one. Uh -huh. uh, Rosovic is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, love that dude, man. He was in Top, you know, from Top Gun. He was Slider. 
He was in Navy SEALs also. Oh, but he wow. was also in, uh, God, a great Steve Martin movie. Um, God, what was the name of that movie? Um, with Daryl Hannah. Uh, it's kind of based the one with on, the long nose? Yeah, based on Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know the name. I think of it was it. called. I think it was called Roxanne. Yeah, that was yeah. The, that was it. Okay. Roxanne. So he was in that movie, and uh, to me, that's like his best movie. No, there's no way it's better than Top Gun, man. Well, I think in Top Gun, he was just like, like male meat, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and no, Roxanne, he, he actually there, acted. Like Crash and Burn, huh, man? Yeah, <laughs> no, and and Roxanne, he actually acted, right? So okay. I, I bet he would say that. <laughs> but um. So Sarah's the one that answers the phone why uh, Rick Rossovic is saying all this stuff. And she's kind of playing with him, right? And she kind of <laughs> yeah. leads him on. And um, who is this? Yeah, she's like, who is this? And Rick is like super apologetic. And uh, I think his name is Matt in the movie. Yeah. Uh, he's like super apologetic. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. And he's like, don't worry, I'll put Ginger on the phone. And which, when Ginger gets on the phone, she still has her headphones on when she gets on the phone. <laughs> she never, I don't think she takes them off maybe once or twice in the whole film. And Matt went right back to that same shit. First, I'm going to rip the buttons off your blouse <laughs> one by one. Yeah, but he probably saw her 20-minute workout, so that I don't blame him. made me laugh. And I'll tell you, when I watched it with someone who had never seen the movie before, she laughed her ass off at that With scene. that scene right there? Yeah, like that's such a genuine laugh. First, I'm going to rip the buttons off. Like, he had just been rehearsing all day exactly what he was going to say to Ginger. I feel like Ginger. he probably said that to, the, the character said that to Ginger a couple of times, right? Uh-huh. Um, so elsewhere, we're in a police precinct uh, where a cop, cops wrestle with this uh, struggling prisoner. <laughs> that I remember that shit, too. He's like, wait till I get my hands on you. I'm like, that is like, cops will fuck you up. I if wondered like if um, the guy that was being arrested was like somewhere else in the movie because he looked really familiar but i just i don't he maybe he's like a pro wrestler he had that sort of like vibe about him sure yeah yeah. um so this is where we meet uh detective trexler who is played by paul winnefield um all our um star trek fans might remember him from star trek 2 wrath of khan he was the captain that was uh kidnapped by khan and then he was going to kill um what's his name uh shatner but he ends up killing himself. That's that's how I remember that. That dude's in a lot of flicks. And I, I was about to say, I'm I hate it when I only know somebody from like this sci-fi thing. When I'm sure Paul Winfield probably did like Roots or like just just really <laughs> groundbreaking dramatic stuff. But I know him from like just from my childhood. So well, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. No, no, no. I it's just how I, I know mean, him. He did tons of like TV in the 60s sure. and 70s. But I remember him well. He was like the Secret Service. The good Secret Service agent in um, Cliffhanger and Stallone's Cliffhanger. Oh, um, I was like, but I think yeah, he's one of these dudes. Like he was a contemporary, you know, probably of sure. like Sidney Poitier, and, absolutely, and James Earl Jones. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So uh, he was in the flick. <laughs> he's just like slowly drinking his coffee, like smoking. So he's like calm. He's seen this all before, right? It's, it's no big thing. Uh, we're also introduced to uh, Vukovic, which is played by Lance Henriksen. Now that Lance Henriksen, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't have to explain who this dude is. You've seen him before, right? He's been in so many things. Yeah, yeah, he's he's so yeah, he's the other uh, he's the other trifecta of having gotten <laughs> killed by a Terminator, an alien, and a predator. Sure. Like him and him and Bill Paxton have the inglorious uh, designation of being the. Uh, the triple crown winners of those. So yeah, he he was um, Bishop, right? He got ripped in half by the yep. alien queen. Yeah, 
and then he gets fucked up by a Terminator later on. Spoiler alert. But what what was his role in the Predator universe? Yeah, so he was in, uh, I think he was in the first Alien versus Predator. Oh. And he plays uh, like the CEO, like the namesake of the Wyland Corporation. Oh, shit. No way, really? Yeah, and oh, actually I, his I, middle name is Bishop. So that I think it's supposed to then be a whole like throwback that like, sure. oh, Bishop was created in his image and named after his, you know. And, okay. he's, and name. he's killed in that movie? He is. He's killed by a predator. Gotcha. I know. And I, the tr- the rumor goes that James Cameron originally had envisioned that Hendrickson was going to play the Terminator. Yeah. In this movie, like that when when his idea was that the Terminator was just like an average looking yeah. guy who could blend into a crowd. Um, but then once you know Schwarzenegger came on, all that changed, obviously. But well, yeah, then he I, got his way in Aliens, right? Like he was the <laughs> he was the the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the artificial. Yeah, man, Bishop should go. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> God, I love so aliens, Cameron man. That's ba- my favorite shit, dude. I'm going to watch that when I fall asleep tonight. So Game gonna, over, man. Game <laughs> over. <laughs> gonna, he's like, this little girl has survived with no weapons and no training. Why don't you put her in charge? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're slowly going to turn this into like the aliens podcast, right? Um, yeah, we'll get to that one sooner or later. But uh, Lance Hamrickson, I think he also helped raise money to get this film off the ground. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. So um, Cameron found him this role of Vukovic because he couldn't play the Terminator. So Vukovic shows Trexler these like these two reports. First, he's like, hey, look at this this name on this this uh, document. And he's like, oh, Sarah Connor. And he's like, now look at the other one. And he's like, oh, Sarah Connor. And they, I thought it was kind of amazing that they immediately put one and one together to figure out there was like the serial killer out there killing Sarah Connors, right? Like it wasn't like an accident, like a one day pattern killer. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I, well, I mean, if nothing else, it's just like the largest coincidence in the world, right? Like they're they're worried that like the the press is going to go crazy. Sure. With the story that's going to just make their life hell, I guess. I yeah. hate the weird ones. Like I feel like, <laughs> I feel like uh, Vukovic says that same line like three or four times in the movie. I hate the weird ones. Yeah, but they they jump right into it, right? Like automatically assuming that there is like this pattern in these killings. And I, I just don't know how police work goes, but I thought that was kind of quick. But there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie. Oh, I mean, if nothing else, it's like shit. We got to look into this. Sure, right? absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back at Sarah's place, she and Ginger are finally uh, finished getting ready for the night. Uh, as Sarah looks for her missing iguana named Pugsley, <laughs> which I thought was really interesting. We had talked about this before the pot we started recording. Why did everything in movies is done for a reason, right? So why did they introduce Sarah owning Pugsley? What do you think, uh, Kevin? Like why an iguana? Yeah, why an iguana? Which is odd. That is odd. Yeah, I don't know. I, like to just to be different. Yeah, it's like you say, like to make know. her quirky and like maybe I don't want to say like humanize her, but to be like, well, she's got a pet, but not just any kind of pet. Exactly. Like, I thought they tried to do that to make her look a little like a like off kilter or something like yeah. that. But they also wanted to make her motherly, so they gave yeah. her an iguana. It was just so weird. That, that is a weird know, choice. Like who hasn't? Well, I'm sure there are a lot of people who have iguanas as pets, especially Maybe people California, listen, especially people listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just thought it was interesting that because uh, normally it would have back then it would have been a cat, right? It was just and it should a, be a cat. Yeah. It, it, on paper, like if a lesser director was making the movie, maybe it's a cat. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he made Aliens too. Now, well, I guess there was a no, cat and alien, cat. right? Yeah. The cat was in the first one, though. Yeah. Yeah, there was, was a cat in the first carryover. one, and so there was a cat in the second one. So that makes sense. But what if that had been a, a space iguana? That would have just been weird, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they wanted to stay away from, like, the crazy cat lady sort of, like, you know, a, that's always, like, a played-out cliche. It's too easy, sure. like, in horror movies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I, I, I just, I, my parents told me this, like, a long time ago, that everything happens for a reason in a movie. And so Cameron was like, no, you should have a pet iguana. And I've always just been like, well, why? Because, the honestly, the iguana adds nothing to the film, right? You could have left other than this one jump scare later on. I wonder if the Terminator killed the iguana later on. <laughs> now, what if they had like a, a shot of the... <laughs> it was a laser never, scope on they, him? They would have never done this, but what if they had shown the iguana, like the Terminator stepping on the iguana? Oh, <laughs> just him? Yeah, uh, they would have never done that, right? Well, it is interesting. Yeah, that's interesting, though, to think back like, so it couldn't be a dog, right? Like we've established that the oh, dog... Oh, yeah, yeah. Have been a dog. That's right. Would have, we don't know how would cats, have known. Yeah, we don't know how cats respond to Terminators. That's right. It couldn't have been a dog. So, yeah, so he was like, well, they have to have something. And I guess maybe uh, it be something that makes can't make a noise, an animal like an animal that is silent. So I said a snake. Yeah. I was like, well, why couldn't she have had a snake? But then it would have made yeah. no sense for the snake to get out of the. They had to establish that she had a pet, right? I guess so. Just to have that one jump scare. Yeah, I feel like for that jump scare alone. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought Ginger looked great. And Sarah's like, look, her hair in this movie sort of is a disaster. <laughs> Don't you think? Like, that's one of the most dated things about the movie is Sarah Connor's hairstyle. Do you think they did that on purpose? No, I think like, that was hot. I think that was probably a hot look in '84. That big. Well, so Ginger had like the, the like big, the big sort of '80s like glamour shot hair, All right? Hair. Yeah, like kind of curly, wet looking, but just huge, right? Full of like product. Like none of us have that hair on this podcast. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, Sarah's was more motherly, just the way, like her, the way she was dressed when she was going to go out on this date. Yeah, she was sort of like Ginger unbuttoned her button for her, like to try to sex her up or whatever. Sure. Like, I think they wanted to make her look super innocent and, yes. and to kind of like com- contrast of what she was going to become. So Sarah checks the answer machine. There's a message from this guy named Dan. He's like, oh, basically, I'm going to have to cancel our date tonight. Uh, well, I'll make it up to you in a, in a couple of nights or something like that. Uh, Imagine that's a lucky dude. Like he dodged a bullet by yeah. if he was with Sarah that night, things might have gone very bad. for Yeah, him. yeah. He would have ended up. Well, yeah, there, I, I, would, have, I would love a, a sequel that's just following that guy around that night. You know, like they always do those like one offs where like it's like a sure. side character and all the actions happening off to the side. Kind of like, like just one. him being like, no, I guess I stood up. <laughs> He's off with some other like, one. What if he works? Though. What if he worked at Cyberdyne and he oh, was shit. the one that's like, that's why he had to cancel that night. Story. He went and invented an AI. <laughs> sure. The, vo- <laughs> the voice of that dude, that was James Cameron's voice on the answering machine. I liked his style, man, because he stood her up like with such swagger too. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, sorry, I'm not gonna be able to make it tonight. He's like, I'll call you in a couple days. But the thing, I didn't, I didn't get that he. So first of all, if you're gonna ghost somebody, you just ghost them, right? You don't call them. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I never. Think he I wanted to see her again. He just probably yeah, something came up. He yeah, said, yeah, I think something came up. Like that's that, what happens, dude. I felt like that answering machine was fucking huge. It was like the size of a VCR or some shit. Gosh. No one listening probably knows what a VCR is anymore. <laughs> Actually, our not. audience probably knows about VCRs. I actually own a VCR. Kids today don't know about VCRs, but 
Do you think did did uh did did Sarah and Dan ever talk again? The dude on the phone? No, never, ever, because she was trying her shit, to her her life changed a lot. Yeah, like it, yeah, she has so, no memory of that guy. Yeah, she, exactly. She's like she Dan probably would have been like she would have called like Dan called back a few like days later when she's like yeah I'm pregnant. Now see <laughs> if you're gonna introduce that character, introduce him in T two, like as somebody <laughs> that's killed along the way or something, or somebody that. Gets her out of her prison, you know, or her psych ward or something like that. Well, yeah, because she gets a, institutionalized, and we don't know how quickly after this, right? Yeah. It must have been some years later that she she had John for several years, I think. Yeah, John was Oh, that's true. That's yeah. right. That's right. So we cut to Sarah. Now she's, like, she's undressed, basically. Not nude, but she's, we wish. she's dressed, <laughs> she's <later>. dressed down <laughs> to, like, her, uh, just, like, street clothes and everything. And she says she's going to go out and catch a movie, which she doesn't do, right? She, no, she maybe to... she did before dinner. I don't know. But I like her style. Like, I who, love treat. I love who, treating myself to a movie. Who goes to dinner and a movie in by, L.A. by themselves? Like on a Friday night? On a night? Friday night. That does That's, not happen. <laughs> I like to go to a movie by myself, but I'll go like on a on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't try to go out on a weekend <laughs> night. And I wear sunglasses I'll so nobody knows me. I'll stay home and cry on weekend nights. <laughs> Uh, so so Sarah's dressed down and she's going to head out to catch a movie. Uh, I thought this was really interesting. The outfit that she wears, which should be like a Halloween costume, is pretty much the outfit she wears for the rest of the movie, right? Cause it's like a pink tie-dye and jeans? It's a mm-hmm. pink tie-dye, it's jeans, and it's like a purple jacket, right? Was that like a members-only type jacket? It was something like, it looked like that. I'm not sure, but I know that she wears that basically for the yeah, rest yeah, yeah, of no the movie. Yeah, 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 no doubt. So she's like probably smelling kind of gamey by the end, too. <laughs> A lot of running around. Um, so uh, as she walks out the door, she's startled by Ginger's boyfriend, Matt. And you could tell that there's like this rapport <laughs> between the two. Like Matt gives her like a kiss on the cheek and she's totally cool with it. But I, I think basically what Cameron was trying to establish is that she truly loves Ginger and Matt as a as yeah, friends. Right? She's probably been Ginger's gr- like roommate for a while, sure, I guess. Sure. And Matt showed up. He was like fucking ready to plow, man. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of like was. They- <laughs> I mean, if Beth, well, anyway, I'm married. I'm yeah, dude, whatever her name was, Mata. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, never left that apartment again. I'll tell you that. Never. Never, right, ever, right, ever, Literally ever. never. Actually, ever. literally, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah heads to the uh, parking lot to jump on her Vespa, her Transformers Vespa. <laughs> but uh, there's like this weird, like, sixth sense that she has, and she kind of looks around nervously to see what's going on, but she doesn't really see anything so she takes off on her in her scooter and then they show a shot of uh kyle reese he's sitting in this busted up cadillac i believe and uh he takes after her no headlights again <laughs> i'm just saying it would not how how long do you think you could cruise around a major populated city with no headlights before you got pulled over like if you're just cruising an hour or less um so they're out there looking for the shitty pants bandit so they're <laughs> occupied and they're not worried about They got all points bulletin out on <laughs> so on the on the so hobo band. The they're hobo not worried about some rando in a car with no headlights. They're not worried about the dude who like killed the gun shop owner. Yeah, or, they're or apparently killed, not. Or punched punched right through the punk. No, apparently they're searching the, for the pants bandit. The, the and they're searching for that and the Sarah Connor killer, right? So those are the two biggest news stories. <laughs> uh, so at the police precinct, uh, Trexler fends off questions from a gang of reporters. Uh, one of them who mentions that you know, hey, these names are in the same order in the phone book. Is that like a thing? Trexler washes down some aspirin with like, like some cold coffee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Is that the shit where he's like, yeah, I put a cigarette out in that car. Yeah, because yeah. he's just like, <laughs> like Vukovic is just now messing with him. Uh, Trexler starts giving Vukovic a bunch of shit, right? He's like, did you call her? Did you send out like a, a car to her house? And and Vukovic is like, yeah, I did all that. And Trexler's like, well, do it again, right? Just make sure we get get to her. <laughs> I love the the dynamic between Trexler and Vukovic. Oh yeah, they're they're friends, right? They've been partners for forever. They're they're good friends, right? They have like a good rapport though, a yeah. good chemistry between the actors. Sure, and it and it shows up later. I hate when I do that, but uh, this movie is all about the future, right? So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so Vukovic calls and gets the answer machine. Uh, Ginger and Matt, or <laughs> I'm not going to say no, this. No, that shit with the machine was also like very, uh, whatever, like f foreboding or foreshadowing where it's like, yeah. ha you're talking to a machine. Yeah, they say that a lot, mm. right? They're like, and you're talking like, to ah, a See, yeah, nothing, Cameron is such a good writer, like nothing is an accident. Sure. Yeah, I, I, do, I definitely remember that. Uh, so Ginger and Matt are getting busy in the bedroom, right? <laughs> and Ginger still has on her headphones, right? So, well, they might have lived if they had answered the phone, don't you think? Yeah, maybe. Like if they said, "Hey, you know, you're in danger." But also, I, so get out of no, there. No, wait. The, the boyfriend would have been like, "We can bone one more time." <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely but, like, "We got, nah. I got it in me. Thirty seconds, we're good." <laughs> what I thought was really interesting is it wasn't uh, Ginger that cut the headphones on; it was Matt that cut them on. He right? That volume. Yeah, up. he was the one who's like cut them on while she's dancing. He was like, "You just." Concentrate on your music you while, I'm, while I'm taking care of this. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so Trexler and Vukovic are frustrated at this point. Uh, they're talking about what the media is going to say. They're saying it's going to be a phone book killer. Uh, they hate the, all these press cases. I hate the weird ones. Especially the weird ones. <laughs> um, so Trexler, he's like, okay, I'm going to be smart about this. I'm actually going to use the press to get a message out there to Sarah Connor. Maybe I can, if I give a, if I give a statement to the press, then maybe Sarah Connor will hear that and then she'll call in, which I is is smart police work, right? Right. He's like, how do I look? And he's like, you look like shit. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. Your, ma your mama, <laughs> which I feel like could have been like one of the original your mama jokes. <laughs> it, it, it establishes their rapport, right? Uh, so Sarah's eating a pizza in a, a bar. This is after she'd already See, gone to the movie. This could have been after movie. the movie, don't you think? Yeah, she didn't go to the movie. I don't think you don't she, think she would she blow nah, up the that's, movie? No, that's too much. There's too much time that would have had to have passed by, I guess. But, but what anyway. time would it be that the that the news was on? So See, they were getting ready. It could have been like the 10 or 11 o'clock news after the movie. So they were, let's say they were getting ready to go to dinner, right? So they're getting ready at 7, which would have made dinner like 8. But that didn't happen. So now she goes to a movie at 8. Yeah, and which now would have she's made like a, catching that, the, 10, the 11 o'clock news. So she's having dinner at like 10 That's a late-ass late dinner, yeah. She's right. eating pizza at the bar or whatever. Sure. So, so now she's having dinner at a bar. And she, out of the corner, she hears the news talking about the murder of the second Sarah Connor, which we never see. That's she, odd that they didn't show it just because, you know, whatever. Like, any chance to show a kill on screen seems like yeah. something they would want to do. But. Well, there's already at this point enough deaths. But I don't think that they needed to kill. I don't think they needed to show the second Sarah Connor being killed to establish that the Terminators out there killing all these people. And I... And I at this point, we have to know that the Terminator is the bad guy, right? Like, well, we a, know Schwarzenegger's yeah, bad. Yeah. We know the big dude's bad. I think we could also think that this Kyle Reese is bad too. The yeah. other dude, the so littler guy. There, I guess the movie has established that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the bad guy. He's the Terminator, but it's it seems like they're trying to establish that Kyle Reese is also the bad guy. He's scary, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. or they're at least trying to establish that to Sarah. Which I think is interesting because 
normally you would want the audience to be in on that joke also, right? Because I feel like the audience is like, no, 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 go with this guy, right? They're, go with Kyle Reese. We think he's a good guy, right? But she doesn't know that. So I thought that was like an interesting take from Cameron on how to do that. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I don't remember seeing that where the well, good guy is, is an obvious good guy, but the, but the audience already knows that. That makes sense. He kept the audience wondering for like a halfway through the movie, basically. Well, he's so he should have. I think he should have not had Arnold kill this many people. <laughs> as oh, you killed. think it should have been like which one's the bad guy? Exactly, like they did in T two, where it's like it's a mystery up to a certain point, right? If he had done that in T one, like if he hadn't had Arnold just kill all these people, like he at this point, I'm not even kidding. He's killed probably. All the people he's killed in the movie, almost, right? I'll say why I like that, though. I'll say why it works for me is because I think it sets up, like, how desperate the situation is for Reese and for Connor. Like, Mm. you, this dude is such a badass. Sure. Punching through people's chests, buying up weapons like they're candy, just, you know, and not indiscriminately, but, like, efficiently killing whatever gets in his way. And it's like... Oh, they're up against like some desperate odds yeah. with this fucking thing. He's yeah. like unstoppable, like an yeah. invincible, whatever. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that has to be the way. That I think he, it's the trade off, right? Like, yeah, he had to you go can't with that. have both. You either have to have like this thing is going to be impossible to, to beat, or we don't know which way this is going. Sure. Yeah, I guess having seen the movie, like, I don't know, a handful of times mm-hmm. and knowing that Kyle Reese is the good guy, it kind of doesn't make sense in hindsight, but. I, it, yeah, it would have made sense in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. She goes to a pay phone and she checks the phone book to, to see, you know, where's Sarah Connor? Where am I at on this list of Sarah Connors, <laughs> oh, right? Shit. Yeah, I'm like, the only Sarah Connor left. And she's like, oh shit, I'm next, right? <laughs> um, Facts. So she tries to make a phone call. I thought this was this interesting. She well, tries you to would make be a scared of that same situation, right? Like, I, yeah, if I saw like I was the third Michael Payne and the other two Michael Paynes had just been killed by this rando. Even if this was just a straightforward horror movie, it's mm-hmm. a good premise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like, even if it wasn't sci fi and whatever, if they're just like, oh, someone's killing people with the same name as me and like I'm the only one left, like, that's a great premise. Yeah, and she already had like that sixth sense, so she kind of had like a feeling that was something going on. Yeah. This is the second time she heard it, right? That's why she's so scared. Uh, she tries to pick up the phone and make a phone call, but the phone's not working, which I always thought was interesting. There's literally like a note on the phone that says, <laughs> but she never opens it up. So I wonder if that was like a miscue by uh, Linda Hamilton. Well, not yeah, because the- it had to be. And then there was that other dude standing off to the side that was just like kind of creeping on. Yeah, her, who could have like, like staring that, at her? But the, I think it's just to like hey, that build the paranoia work. or the fear or whatever it was. Yeah, I, I thought it was just like extra who just they were right. like just stand there and look at her, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, that that, I think that's exactly what it was. But to her, it's like a threat. Sure. Uh, so she she uh, leaves the restaurant. She walks out into the street, and this is where she first sees Kyle Reese, right? Uh, and Kyle Reese starts to follow her, and now she's really freaked out right because she already knows that these two sarah connors have been killed and now this guy is following her she doesn't know what's going on and again this is where i said i think that would have been scarier if we didn't know also but Mm -hmm. well but i think like i said i watched it with someone who didn't who thought that kyle reese was all like just thought there were two bad like two killers Mm -hmm. looking for her so yeah she was freaked out by 
by both of them. Like it doesn't have to be that one is good and one is bad. They sure. could both be bad. Uh, so she 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 notices Reese, and then she walks into this club, which is the perfect name for this movie called Tech Noir. <laughs> exactly. Like this couldn't have been a better name for a nightclub, right? I think James Cameron. Like he said in an interview that he thought of Technor as like the genre of the movie. Sure. But this was, it was like a a dark technology movie, yep. basically. Just throw some French name on it and it sounds cool, right? <laughs> so she <laughs> walks like Blade into Blade Runner would be a Tech Noir. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, so she goes into, she ducks into the club. She sees Reese. I don't know if she sees him, but Reese walks by, right? Because he knows what he's doing. Uh, Sarah asked the lady working at the box office if she can. Uh, and she can go use the phone, or if there's a phone there, <laughs> and she can use the phone. And the ladies, and I, Sarah's obviously distressed, right? And the lady makes her pay four fifty cover to get into the club to use the phone, which, which is, is an annoying amount for the cover charge to be. Like, just make it five dollars. <laughs> like, I don't need change, like quarters in my pocket after this. Well, a b, like, <laughs> can you imagine what the cover would have been now, like? 25 bucks just to get in that club, oh, just yeah. to use a phone call. Uh, I read where, like, or, or heard someone say, like, when they were filming that people were trying to wander in off the street, like, to get into the set. It they thought it was a real nightclub or whatever. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That song, though, is, like, burned in my brain also that was playing. It was this, like, new age sort of song called Photo Play by the band uh, Triangles. Is it the same song that they play when Terminator? Is it the same song that they play when the Terminator? Dude, I have that exact note. In my mind, it sounds exactly like the same song, but it's two you different songs by the same band, but they sound fucking exactly the okay. same. But it's tr that's Triangles. T-R-Y. A N G L Z. Some Whoa. triangles. LA band that never made it, but they had like a hit song in uh, this one. One hit right? wonder or whatever, or they could get the rights to the songs for cheap for this movie. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, for 6.8 million, they were like, hey, can you play a musical instrument? Come play some music. And they really movie. leveled up then with T2 with Guns N' Roses. Yeah. 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 Triangles to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's see. Sarah goes, she pays the cover. She goes in, she, uh, uses the phone, but the phone is busy. So now she hangs up in frustration elsewhere. Um, as a police cruiser, that is a, that it went to, uh, Sarah and Ginger's house as it leaves, uh, the Terminator pulls up. This guy's got perfect timing, like <laughs> as if he's a robot, right? The, yeah. The police car <laughs> leaves, right? as like the Terminator's rolling up but i thought i mean it wouldn't make any difference if there was a policeman there or not you know like terminator's just going to go right through those guys again i hate talking about the future you're right it doesn't but there's another part in in later on in this movie where he's literally can touch sarah but he walks away uh but i'll get to that in a second well i wondered to myself like what would have happened if he had been noticed by the police right at this moment and they're not even looking for him well, even if like a whole SWAT team came in, it'd be a whole different movie. But I don't think they could have stopped him. They 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 kind of they probably could have stopped him. But it doesn't matter because they're not even looking for him. I mean, not that he knows that, but he should even care. But they're looking for a creeper to come to Sarah's place, so they would catch but, on. I but guess. But the Terminator doesn't care. He, he doesn't That's care. That's right. He doesn't care who sees him or he doesn't, doesn't care or... who sees him. He doesn't care who's there to stop him. His goal is to go kill Sarah Connor. So if there were cops there. They would have been just like the big burly guy in the uh, at the um, phone booth, right? Just something else to get out of my way to go kill Sarah. I, now they never establish that he knows that the police are some kind of authority in this world. So 
I don't know. He's just, he should have just walked in while the cops were there. But so Ginger pulls on her headphones is cause they've finished coitus. <laughs> and <laughs> All that fucking I imagine that's what it said in the script. <laughs> yeah. No, she's hungry, man. She's got like, yeah. she worked up you, an appetite. Hey, seriously, you got to appreciate a woman that goes, makes you a sandwich <laughs> and a glass of milk after sex. Right. That's, that's, that's real talk right there. She, dude, she fucked the hell out of Matt. Yeah. He was like, he was passed, passed out. out. <laughs> he yeah, was, I mean, they didn't do like the cigarette, you know, after sex, nah, man. but uh, he was out, right? He was out cold. So she goes, uh, she goes and she, she makes um, him a sandwich and she, a glass of milk. I'm sure she made it for both of them, but that was really sweet of her. Uh, in walks the Terminator. He pushes the sliding glass door open. Now, I wonder. So Rick Rossovic, Matt, wakes up, right? And he sees the Terminator and he's like, oh, shit, there's a person breaking into the room. Now, I wonder if Matt had never gotten up, would the Terminator have tried to, you know, kill him or detain him no he like sort of comes and stands over him and like he wakes up right as the terminator is about to like punch right through his head yeah but why like so uh, getting back to the the terminator should have his only objective should have been sarah that's true why would he have gone yeah yeah, he should have like snuck right past him he should have he should have just walked right past him right Mm. except i guess he could get in the way if he didn't kill him yeah i guess but anyway so he punches through the pillow and so Matt and the Terminator get into this big fight. And I was actually impressed that Matt held his own with quotations against <laughs> the Terminator because he gets fucked up, right? I love when he grabs that lamp and he's like, don't make me bust you up, man. <laughs> like he's, he's going to take him on. Is, yeah, he's thinking this is just a regular guy, right? So especially he, for holding out like that long after, like during the refractory period. The dude just had sex. <laughs> he, and he still goes like toe to toe, toe, to toe for like yeah, yeah. a few seconds. Like MVP. He should have yeah. been spent, right? You know, really, he's an unsung he, hero of this movie. He's ready to fight the Terminator like wearing some bikini briefs. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He just uh, got used up and spit out <laughs> by old 20-minute video herself. He's dehydrated <laughs> as hell. Like he's yeah. That says but a lot about Ginger, right? That she could put a guy like that out, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, so uh, Ginger's still in the kitchen. She's making a sandwich, and she's got her headphones on, which, I mean, we're talking now she's got to have, like, ear damage, hearing loss, right? Because they have to be... <laughs> So loud for her not to hear right. this giant fight going on in the bedroom. Those are not like noise canceling head. Like they were the old school, like Marty McFly sure. headphones. Yeah. You know the like little foam. Uh, whatever you could hear everything. Look, and I, I, I don't know how to... you listen to triangles, but I listen to them at max volume. <laughs> I forgot to mention that uh, before while Ginger starts to make the sandwiches, um, Pugsley jumps off the top of the refrigerator and scares her. She says something about like how she would turn Pugsley into a leather belt. And, yes. and again, we were talking about this. Like, I think the only reason that Pugsley was in this movie was for that scene that right there to have that little scare, to have that little jump scare. But, um, so anyway, she's walking back to the room. The Terminator throws Matt through the door. She is startled. And then she drops her, her plate of food, her milk. That plate was piled high. <laughs> she had made like a hero sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a Dagwood. <laughs> and a giant and like a 32 ounce glass of milk. That is not like the preferred post sex drink. I need a big glass of milk. Nah, you know, like Gatorade, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, so she uh, she drops her plate, she drops the milk, 
she's startled by the Terminator who busts out the room after seeing Matt on the floor. And Matt got jacked up, right? He's uh, dead, clearly. Yeah, he's totally dead. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure if he was dead, but he he might as well have been dead because he's talking like years in the hospital. But um <laughs> so the Terminator walks out, he pulls out his gun with the laser sight. See, she tries to run away. She does. So she's the yeah, like nobody else does that except for her, right? But um she turns to run away and the I mean this this is perfect about the Terminator. He just shoots her in the back like six or seven times cold blooded, right? He sends her like she goes airborne when he yeah. shoots her too, like flying through the air. Yeah. So I'm not saying that I don't feel bad for the other Sarah Connors that were killed in the movie, but <laughs> Ginger truly did not deserve it, right? She oh, was for sure. the most innocent of the people that were killed, right? The other people you just shouldn't have been named Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm surprised that he killed her without like knowing that it was her. I guess he just thought it was her. Again, this is he just kills whatever, right? He doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the phone rings and uh as the Terminator turns around, it's Sarah on the phone, right? And she's talking on the uh answer machine there. That's bad timing. Yeah. Like if she hadn't called right then, I wonder if the Terminator just would have been like mission accomplished or if or if the Terminator would have tried to figure out if the if the woman he just killed was Sarah or not. That's a really good question because in T3, the Terminator has a way of testing the DNA, right? But yeah. he didn't really have that. I guess he would have had to have killed her and then just snoop around. Snoop around and, you know, see if the face matches the license or something like that. You know, mm. that begs an interesting question, not to go down the time like travel loophole again. But what happens if if the Terminator is successful in 1984 at killing Sarah Sarah Connor, that changes the future. Does he cease to exist? Does no, something change? Does something click where it knows that mm. it's done that? Because then it's it's future that sent him back is going to be different. Or is that the next? Or I don't know how this shit works. He could have become the the T one thousand, right? Because he's a T one hundred, right? Uh, he's a T eight hundred. He's a T eight hundred. So what's the liquid metal? He's a T one thousand. So the, so he could have become the T one thousand because now they don't have like the resistance holding them back for their technology, right? Maybe. Or I, I, I don't be, know what would have happened. Is this like the first time ever that? No, it couldn't be the first time ever because John Connor has to have existed already time, in their future, first time right? Ever for what? what that, that that this whole thing has played out, like that Reese has come back and fucked Sarah, essentially, <laughs> like to make John Connor exist. It's know. one of the yeah. Every time travel movie has the same issue, right? Yeah, there's always this like, little. Is catch. it always meant to play out this way? Like this is the only way it could yeah. possibly happen. Or, or are they literally changing the future? Is yeah. it possible to change the future? It is, it's always I just hard. would have been interested to know if like it had known that it failed in that moment because it would have expected to cease to exist or that something would have like fundamentally changed. Or, oh, like it did. It knew it didn't succeed because it was still there. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I, I just I, I wonder. I get the feeling that it wouldn't because, and I, I'm not sure, I don't think Reese has explained this yet, but as soon as they send everybody through the the time loop mm-hmm. or the time hole that and they blew it up right so so it's stuck there yeah yeah so it's so yeah. he would have killed sarah and then he just would have been stuck there as a terminator right but then what do you do do you just do you just break down because then if he just broke down 
then they still would have found the parts yeah. of the Terminator to do what they did with Cyberdyne. There's um it is a it's a it's a rabbit hole for sure. This is a this is taking it real deep, but I had in the original, like in the actual script to the movie, like whatever James Cameron wrote, there was this whole thing where the Terminator was under the impression that Sarah Connor had like had broken her leg at some point and had screws in her leg to like put the bone back together. So each Sarah Connor that he killed, he had also cut her leg open. Oh God. <laughs> to look for these screws that in the bone. Kind of awesome. So <laughs> wow. so in theory, he would have cut Ginger open and there sure. would not have been screws there. And then he would know that this was not Sarah Connor. Sure. True. But hey. But then also, I think in that version of the script, it winds up that like later in the movie where Sarah breaks her leg, that's why she had the screws in her leg. Mm. Is, uh, and it's something that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. But in in that version of re, in that version of the script, I guess the Terminator that was his way of knowing for sure whether he had killed the right Sarah Connor or not. Was he cut her? Up? And that's how the police knew that this was like. Not too unrelated, not a coincidence, but the same person. Because both Sarah Connors had like had their legs then like filleted open. That's mm-hmm. freaking wild. To check for the bone, whatever. Anyway, that's a deep. That's yeah. a deep cut for you, deep Terminator fans. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing about like we were saying like about time travel movies. Like you can just go down a rabbit hole and you can go so deep into what what if like what would have happened. I think time travel movies happen if you don't look too much farther past the surface. Yeah. You know, but it's the and, genius everything, and everything also, makes sense at that point too. To me, it's the genius also of, of James Cameron that when he's writing a script, he thinks that far, that many different levels mm. that I think then when they're making the movie, they're like, you know what? We don't need to think this hard about it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause the audience isn't going to think as hard as you are thinking sure. James. Cause they're just like, <laughs> like move it let's along, just yeah. keep it moving. He doesn't yeah. need to cut her leg open to know <laughs> like, He's well, just, but again, they did it in T3, though, right? Like she killed somebody the and then she tested DNA. So that would have been similar to the cutting the leg open. Right. Uh, verification of um, of the death of Sarah Connor. So Sarah's on the phone and she's basically telling the Terminator where she is, right? Yes, I'm at this <laughs> bar called Tech Noir. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you come find <laughs> Oops. me? Oops. Uh, so uh, at the police precinct, Sarah has now gotten through to Trexler and Vukovic She's totally, she's really frustrated. She's like, look, and I've been on the phone all night trying to get through you guys. I've been put on hold. I've been transferred. Please don't hang up on me. And, and luckily she got through to Trexler, right? Cause he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that stuff like that. Uh, tell me where you're at. I'll send the car down to come pick you up. And she lets him know where she is. And then she uh, goes and sits down and basically waits for the police to come pick I mean- her up. I love Trexler being like, don't worry, you're safe. You're in a public place. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the genius of the movie <laughs> Yeah, is that this conventional wisdom does not apply. Sure, they don't know what they're up against, right? Like, don't worry, you're safe. Just just stay in the crowded club and you'll be fine. And it's like, no, that's not the case, Lieutenant Trexler. <laughs> uh, so Sarah takes a seat at one of these tables. I just want to say this is the moment. I've seen this movie probably like fucking a hundred times. And this is the first time I noticed that the song that's playing now is not the same song that was playing earlier. It's like <laughs> it's it's both triangles and they sort of sound the same. But this song was like burning in love or no burning in the third degree. And the other song was some other shit. I but mean, I'm just like, 
they sound fucking the same, which had me wondering, like, has this same song been playing for like half an hour? <laughs> so I like Lynn Manuel Miranda, right? But it's you can argue that some of his songs <laughs> sound familiar, right? <laughs> Are so, you telling me he was in triangles? I'm just saying <laughs> that might have been where he got to start. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, uh, we see the Terminator enter Tech Noir, and again, I don't know how he got there that quick, right? But whatever. I mean, it's been like must, 20 minutes, I guess, 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, it was real quick, right? The Terminator walks in, and the the lady again who made Sarah Connor pay that 450 to get in. Uh-huh. Is like, hey, that guy didn't pay. So uh, <laughs> a, a bouncer tries to stop him, and Arnold breaks his hand, I guess, right? Dude, and, imagine that shit. Yeah, How yeah. bad that would hurt. Sure. Uh, I, I think probably, I, they don't really talk about it, but one of the most awesome shots in this entire movie is about to come up where- Dude. Where, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, so when... Slow-mo? Sure. When Arnold's walking through the, the dance club and you see all these people dancing and everything... She had accidentally... Sarah, like, bumped her drink off the counter. A, she has a Canada Dry. So Canada Dry <laughs> should have got some money Dude, for what, that, she right? she drinking the club soda or the She's drinking, drill? like, a club soda, right? She bumps it. I wonder how many times they had to do that take, right? Because her elbow hits it and it knocks over. The timing was just perfect. Sure. So she bends over to pick up the, the drink and the Terminator in slow-mo walks past her. Literally, as she just bends over to to um, pick up her drink. And that that is just such a great shot, right? In my notes, I wrote down, like, I don't know there's ever been a better movie moment. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, of the tension, of the suspense, than when, like, he walks by and he's sure. standing in the club and, like, he just had missed seeing her. I, mean, I think I'm, I'll be back is absolutely the most famous scene, but this is a got to be a close second for anybody that loves film or, like, any film directors or cinematographers out there. This this is an awesome scene, right? That chick that was dancing, like the one in the fucking, in the red shirt in the red dress. I'm thinking about the one with like the blue zebra print, like yeah, tank and top the red, and the red skirt. And the red skirt yeah. was so fucking hot. Dude. <laughs> like I don't know where they found her. Yeah, well she shows I'd up. I watch her movie. She she shows up a couple of times in dude, that scene. Dude, you can't scene. take your eyes off her. <laughs> except She's for perfect. the except for the Terminator and Sarah Connor. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> so the Terminator uh, walks past her, right? And so she she gets up after getting her drink, and she looks over and she sees Kyle Reese in a mirror, looking at her. Yeah, and she's creepy free, as hell. And, yeah, cre- and he's what? Well, I think he said he's thirsty. So <laughs> <laughs> Kyle but he Reese, did look a little. He was just intense. Yeah, he's intense. Like he's looking at her, right? And she knows what's up, right? Because she just saw this guy walk past well, she outside. Is, so right. she's like, now he's inside. What's the deal, right? She's sure that Kyle Reese is trying to kill her. And the fact that Kyle Reese even got into the building without her seeing that or anything, and, like that's how stealthy he is. And potentially without the cover charge. Where did he get, where did he get, <laughs> where did he get 450? He, get exactly. he has a handful of cash later in the flick, and I do wonder where any of this money came from. Yeah. He's like ripping some people off. I feel off, like apparently. Kyle Reese snuck in through the back, right? Like uh, that's yeah, how good he yeah. is. That he, seems, he came that into seems like more the, feasible than him getting like, a five spot. Exactly. He went up on the um, the fire escape, <laughs> went to the broker's <laughs> a window upstairs, to the uh, empty uh, warehouse upstairs, and then he b- bore a hole into the ground, and he slipped into the men's bathroom, and he walked he out. He a tunnel like Great Escape. <laughs> he did. They just didn't show that. So uh, so now the Terminator turns around as he's walking up and he, he spots her, right? And he's slowly walking up to Sarah. He pulls out his gun and he starts to aim it at Sarah's forehead. And this is, again, when I was talking about how only Ginger's the only one that ran, right? She just is like a deer in headlights. 
when he walks up the gun. Can you blame her? Like, I think she was sure Kyle Reese was the bad guy. And then all of a sudden some other dude is there. I can blame her because the other two Sarah's didn't know somebody was out to kill him. Right. So they would have just been like, what, Mm. what the fuck's going on? This Sarah Connor, she knew that somebody was after her. Right. And just because she (laughs) thought it was Kyle Reese doesn't mean that she didn't know that somebody was after her. Right. This is an awesome moment, though. Yeah. Like so, the slow motion and the sound design and everything. Absolutely. Like it's like a dream. No, I, this is one of the best scenes in the movie, right? So uh, Kyle Reese now knows that this is the Terminator coming to get her. So he uh, pulls out his um, shotgun as um, the Terminator aims at Sarah's forehead. Kyle Reese blows him away and he shoots him like. Several times, right? This so, is that moment, though, dude, where I was telling you when I was watching it with someone who never saw the movie before, she was, like, shocked at this mm-hmm. moment. Like, she was sure that both Arnold and Michael Bean were both there to kill Sarah. Sure. And she was like, whoa! Like, when he popped out and shot yeah, the Terminator. Yeah, I just... I, it just doesn't have the same punch, I think, that it could have had if you... If they had just done that earlier, I guess, you know? If they had kind of... You didn't know if the Terminator was bad or if you didn't know if Kyle Reese was bad. So, but that's just me. Uh, so, uh, Kyle Reese has shot the Terminator. He's down on the ground, but then he, his, you see his hand move and then he gets up. That's when Ter- yeah, Terminator pops back up and he starts like spraying bullets all over and Reese dives behind the bar. Sure. Yeah. And he, and he just like now start shooting at random people. Cause Which he is, thinks he's Sarah. Isn't that what you would think the Terminator would do? Just by default, like, what does it care how many people it kills? The Terminator sees her running towards the exit, and then he shoots at her. But luckily, there's like, luckily, <laughs> luckily there, there's another so lady that's her. like right behind her, and she gets <laughs> shot and falls on top of Sarah. Right, Sarah's trying to get away from the Terminator, and as as he's walking up on her, and he like he does like this really cool where he puts in the magazine, clicks it, and he aims the gun at her, and. Kyle Reese shoots Terminator again because he comes out of nowhere. Uh, That's where I felt like it was a little odd to me that Terminator was like wasting all these bullets shooting at Reese. Like, what does it care? Like, I would think its only objective is I'm going to kill Sarah. Sure. I'm just surprised that it even Mm -hmm. cares that there's someone else shooting bullets at it. That if the bullets aren't actually doing it any harm. Well, so uh, there there aren't like little bullets, right? There aren't little bullets that he can just take and absorb and they don't hurt him. It was a shotgun that was literally taking him like off his mark. So I can see where he would want to stop that threat first and then get Sarah. So Reese uh, shoots him a couple of times, knocks the Terminator out of the front window of Technoir and onto the sidewalk. But then the Terminator, of course, slowly gets up and Sarah sees this and then she was like, oh, this is when shit is real, right? This is when uh, Reese walks up to her and says, come with me if you want to live, right? One of the most, probably the second most famous line of this entire franchise. Uh, Sarah's in a daze, but she snaps out of it. Um, she runs. Oh, I will say that to speak to how like famous that line is. That first time viewer was aware of that line of who course, had never yeah. seen the movie before. Sure. Which is like, oh, okay, that's that line. And was she like, holy shit, I can't believe that's where this came oh, from? I think I think she knew it was from. I think somehow it was one of those things like I'll be back or whatever. Like she knew it was from Terminator, even having never seen it. Mm-hmm. But it was like that famous, you know. Like a, like a yippee ki motherfuckers. Like <laughs> yeah, you would just sure. know even if you never saw the movie or whatever. Reese and Sarah run out the back door. Terminator starts to follow them. And isn't this like the first time that they show the heads up display for the Terminator? Yeah, when like the Terminator POV. Yeah. Uh, Reese, you know, he's done this before, right? So he takes cover under a car, under his car, and then he blows out like the gas tank of a car <laughs> that's being, that 
is in front of him and it blows up, blows up right in front of the Terminator. Of course, the Terminator being a Terminator jumps through the fire as, as Reese is backing away. Terminator jumps onto the hood of the car, uh, punches through the windshield. He's trying to grab Sarah, but I think Reese kind of does like this crazy reverse driving and he throws him off onto the street. Reese takes off with Sarah. Uh, there's this police officer that comes <laughs> up. That guy was uh, William Wisher, I believe is his name. Uh, he was one of the co-writers of this film. He was the one who said the thing about it's a wonderful life, like with guns. Yeah. Oh, he was the co-writer and he said that? That's amazing. I think that was really cool. That I feel like there's a lot of like little placements of people in the movie that have something to do directly with the film. Like we said, Lance Her- Henriksen, he, he didn't get the Terminator role, but he was placed in the movie because he helped get funding, right? Wasn't it also a product of probably the movie was so cheap, it's like like clerks or whatever. You're just getting all sure. your friends. Got all his buddies to play in it, right? So and so that's the that's this William Wisher guy. This scene in the club and then in the alley was like the only time that Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, and Michael Bean were ever like on screen together, like in the same scenes together. Yeah, because other the, scenes like the Terminator's always on his own and those two are together. Yeah, so and then think, at the end, you know, he's just the the special effects like a robot, not actually Arnold. So they like Arnold came in and did like. Five weeks of work, and then they were like hasta la vista, and then <laughs> and then, and then the, uh, Sarah and uh, Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean finished out the rest, all sure. the sandwiches and stuff. Hell yeah! So uh, this cop gets slammed up against the the car door. He's I guess he's knocked out. I don't think he's killed. <laughs> That's the, another. Yeah, I, he couldn't have been killed, right? But maybe anytime the Terminator touches you, you're just like dead. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a virus or something like that. <laughs> uh, see, the Terminator heads out into the direction of Reese and Sarah where they're going. And that will end part two of the Terminator. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, been, <laughs> yeah. it's a wild ride. We're finally into like the, we figured out what's going on. Yeah, we're starting to get into the meat of the story now. And so, yeah, like. But uh, it is still, we don't know anything about why anyone's trying to kill her. Like, yeah, there's still right. so many unanswered questions, right? Yeah, and what are we probably like 30 minutes into the film? <laughs> Something like, like that. that. Or more, 40, I don't know. But yeah, we don't know. We still don't really know what's going on. So we got to wait for all that expositions coming soon, though. I just want to say one thing there, though, just to, not to drag this on. But like, as we've been talking about this, and you're mentioning right now that we still at this stage of the movie don't know, like the motivation of the Terminator being there. It, it just makes me think about like watching these movies after I've seen them so many times and just knowing the arc yeah. trying to recapture when I first watched it and not having that knowledge. Sure. Like that's hard to recapture upon these, these rewatches. Right. And I might yeah. it goes to like everything you were saying about like not quite knowing the, the who's good, who's bad. Are they both sort of like what's, what's happening here? It's, it's hard to recapture like that. Not, not knowing. Sure. It's pretty great. And I think it speaks to how good the movie is that, you're still drawn in and you're mm-hmm. still invested, even not knowing any of that shit. Yeah. Like you're just like, yeah. I guess at some point it'll be explained. And until then I'm just in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess I, I agree. Uh, I, I watched it again. Like I watched it actually twice today. And, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I just think that when I originally saw it and I was just like, Oh man, who is the bad guy? Cause I, I, I just remember it so well from mm-hmm. T2 I don't remember it that well from this movie, you know, and I, I, mean, yeah. I can I can admit I might have seen T2 first before I saw Terminator. Well, I think I that's think I, true of a lot of people. Yeah, I might have seen T2. And first. the thing is, you know, 
you know, whatever else you may or may not know about the movie, you know that Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if you never saw the movie before, I think it's just one of those things that you're like, it's in the, it's in the ether. Like it's in the zeitgeist. You just know. Mm -hmm. Schwarzenegger's the Terminator. I don't know anything about whether he's good or he's bad or whatever, but I just know he's a robot and he's the Terminator. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It's a lot to unpack, dude. It's such a fucking good movie. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening. A whole lot more to go. I know we're going on and on, but it's because it's fucking classic Mount Rushmore type action movie. Um, So, yeah, thank you to Kevin Egan. Thanks for having me, guys. So glad to have Mike at OG uh, Six Degrees back on the program, and we'll be back.